Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. I think this is episode 5020. Is that right? That's two in a row. You got the right number, Frankie V. Thank you. You're doing good. I'm glad you're keeping up as well. You're on a roll here. Yeah. So all you boys and girls, you need to go back and listen to all of the 5019 episodes before you can really understand this one. Yes. Binge podcasting. All right. So here's a question. I was reading in Acts 15 this morning and I was struck by verse 3 especially how the testimonies of the conversion of the Gentiles brought great joy to the believers. You want to read Acts 15.3 so our audience knows what he's talking about? Sure, absolutely. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. Yeah, joy. My question is, what is the role of this in our body life today, in our church today? In my own journey, I came from a group that did little to no evangelism, and as a result, we had little to no joy, and actually had almost no joy at all. Mm. We have since come out of that and are experiencing a lot more of this joy now. I know that you said that some groups overemphasize evangelism, so I would like to hear your perspective on what is the proper balance, if you will, of this in the church. There is a message I gave a number of years ago, Jeffrey, called Living in the Divine Parenthesis. And that is a message you can find on the Christ is All podcast. I've listened to it. Appreciate that. And that's a message that directly answers this question. Mm. And in effect, to riff on this a little bit, what you don't see in the epistles, okay, is the strong emphasis that came to us from people like D.L. Moody, who in effect said that the purpose of God is to bring other people to the Lord. That the only reason why you're living and God hasn't struck you dead and take you to heaven is so you can bring other people to Christ. I've actually heard that. Yeah, so salvation or evangelism is the central heartbeat of God is why the world exists it is why he created it is his purpose and of course if one reads from eternity to here we find out that god has a purpose it's his eternal purpose and it's not salvation amen salvation is simply a remedy to bring us back to the original purpose of god and put us back on that track because we've gotten off track but it's not the name of the game and it's not god's original intent there's something much higher and greater and it's not living for the glory of God either, which is a very um, vague and undefined statement, and that has to do with the individual, and it's just much higher and more glorious, much more powerful and exciting than that. Well, having said that, when you read the epistles, you would think that if God's main objective, Jeffrey, is to lead people to the Lord, to bring people to Christ, 
then this would be all over Paul's epistles. It would be all over Peter's epistles. That's it would right. Be, it would be everywhere. That's right. You don't find one word where Paul or any of the other writers of the New Testament say, okay, guys, let's start bringing people to the Lord. There's not a whisper about it. Mm-hmm. Now, what there is a lot of is live in such a way that you're bearing witness to the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. It has to do with the life you live together as yes, the body of Christ. Yes, shared life, right? yes. You also find in Peter, he says, live in such a way that it will provoke people to ask you questions. Amen. Why Amen. do you live this way? Amen. They're asking you about the hope that lies within you, yes, right? Yes. So you have that. Now you do have in the New Testament, you see the apostolic workers going out and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You see that in the narrative. You also see the church of Jerusalem when it scatters the believers begin to quote unquote gossip the gospel they begin to share the gospel with others just by example uh, you see a few places like that you see a guy named philip who's an evangelist mm-hmm. and yes. he goes and he brings the gospel in various places samaria for example so you do have evangelism but it is it is not given the kind of attention that you would think would be there in the epistles to the churches if, in fact, D.L. Moody and company were correct, that this is the main thing that God is concerned about. What I have discovered, both from Scripture and from personal experience, is that there are some in the body of Christ who are evangelists. Amen. You find this in Ephesians 4. But not all are evangelists. That's right. Not everybody is called to be an evangelist. On the other hand, everyone who knows the Lord is equipped to at least share the experience of salvation with Amen. other people. Yes. And if they have received the gospel of the kingdom and are living the gospel of the kingdom, then they can share the, the gospel, gospel of the, of the kingdom, kingdom with others. But this has to be led by the Lord. Amen. This, this can't be something you do in your own power, out of obligation, yes. out of guilt, out of fear, out of a concern that God's going to be angry with you because you don't share the gospel with somebody. Amen. And that's the heavy breathing impulse that has been put on so many of God's people. And you don't find that in the New Testament. No, you don't. Of course, we have the Great Commission, so-called. But if you look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and in other places where it's found, and you look at the original Greek, he doesn't say go. He says, as you're going. As you're going. That's that's the term. And he's talking to the disciples, the apostles, Mm -hmm. who he trained for three and a half years yes. and was sending them out. Yeah. Right? Well, anyway, the point being is that in a church's life, because the specific question had to do with a, a local body of believers uh-huh. in the context, I have found that if that body of believers is living by the life of Christ together, mm-hmm. there will be different seasons in that church's life, in Truth. that in that community's life, right? Mm-hmm. There will be seasons of outreach. Mm-hmm. There will be seasons of inreach, life. There will be seasons of the building up of the body. There will be seasons of going out and not just declaring the gospel, yes. but displaying the gospel, Amen. displaying the kingdom, doing what the New Testament calls good works. Mm. Right? There will be seasons. And for a community to have a nose to discern the season is critical because when churches focus only on evangelism, they, in effect, become extremely shallow. There's no real building going on. It's all about bringing babies into the household. And guess what? Babies 
producing more babies, producing more babies, and not having the kind of maturity to take care of them, guess what? They die. Amen. And that's what you see in churches that are all about evangelism. And when you examine the gospel that's being preached so often, Jeffrey, it's a very shallow gospel, a watered-down gospel. It's not the gospel of the kingdom. On the other hand, there are groups that are so insular, and they're all about the inreach part. They're yes. all about the building part yes, yes. that they don't have a heart to reach the lost. Yes. It's, it doesn't even come on the radar. Nope. And so there is no season for outreach. None. And those groups end up becoming these backwaters where there's no new life and no new stream being poured in, and they, in effect, die. They implode, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think joy is tied just to evangelism. Come on. Um, you know, it's tied to knowing the Lord and experiencing Amen. the Lord. But Amen. certainly there is a joy that comes when you bring new people to Christ. There is certainly that aspect that you read about in Acts 15. So the question is, it's not a question of balance. Amen. That's the wrong uh, frame, I think, to put on it. It's a question of season. Yes. What yes. season are you yes. in, and is the Lord leading it? And again, I would direct people to listen to Living in the Divine Parenthesis yes. in the Christ is All podcast. What are your thoughts on this question? Well, and I also think, just to add in, is uh, reading from eternity to here, too, is uh, another great resource. So first of all, to come at it from even just a different angle, but the same, the same thought. When I came about four years ago to the church that I'm currently uh, with in Philadelphia, their main focus was missions missions and evangelism it was all about missions i got bombarded with uh the text i forget where it's at the son of man was manifested to seek and save that which is lost and if we're not doing that going to get the lost and we're not the church and so that was a conflict for me because obviously um the gospel of the kingdom and like i said in that same thought that was so I had to go through about a two and a half to literally three year period of just in reach and taking complaints and taking, uh, you know, people would always want to confront me about when are we going to do outreach? You don't have an outreach program. You don't have that. And just trying to teach us how to live. You know, I just for three years was trying to teach how we live by the indwelling life of Christ the inreach, and I don't know if I heard you say this, Frankie, or if I read T.A. Sparks say it, or Watchman Nee, or one of the people, the 100 Greatest Books that uh, you know, you've know you shared on your website about us reading, but somebody said something to the effect of, you have to be before you can do, you know, being who we are. And so it literally took, and it was the main person that was like director of missions, as they were called, she came to me one day because I got a lot of pushback when I said that salvation was part of the recovery program to get us back on track to God's eternal purpose. Mm. People felt like I was saying salvation wasn't important. So mm. I had to spend months and months of just teaching. No, but it's it's not the main thing. Oh, and Deverne Fromke has a good book about called The Ultimate Intention. You know, the Holy Spirit, and that's just where we have to just do our part is just try to share Scripture and be faithful to the text and pray that the Holy Spirit began to open up eyes and people began to see. You know, when we do go out and reach our community, when we do go out and evangelize, when we do go and do missions, it's going to come out of the life of Christ in us 
and Christ, Christ's life leading us to that. Romans 8, 13 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Mm. So being led by His Spirit, not a program, not a method. And, and another resource that I, that I used uh, from, uh, from your website was uh, the Discipleship in Crisis you know, material. And we sat and read through that and went through that for a Bible study. And I don't think, like you said also, that joy is connected or gladness to just doing fellowship. I've always loved uh, 1 John 1 and verses 1 through 4. He says, uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life, there it is, the life appeared. We have seen it, revelation, and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. Then he says, And our fellowship, koinonia, sharing all things in common, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, we write this to make our joy complete. And I hear him saying in there that having that oneness with the Son, that divine union and that fellowship with the Father and the Son through the Spirit with them and with one another is what leads to our joy being complete. Mm. And then I think that, you know, personally that a product of that fellowship of that joy will be, as you were quoting Peter, is that people will see the changed life. People will see, you know, this alternative community, this alternative civilization that's living contrary to the world's systems and everything about it and living and sharing mm. life with one another. And then we sanctify the Lord Jesus in our hearts yes. that we might be able to give an answer to everyone about the hope that's within us. I love that Peter passage because it puts a different slant on how most evangelicals are taught when it comes to evangelism because instead of this obligation to go out and just cold witness to somebody which we don't really see that in the new testament Uh, now the apostles you know they go into the synagogue Mm -hmm. they go into the marketplace and they draw a crowd and they begin to preach the gospel but this cold evangelism it really is not led by the Spirit in most cases. I know because I used to do it when I was in college. I would just walk <laughs> up to people who were yeah. walking to class and just just attack them with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And the Lord showed me, you know, I'm not in this. This is just something you're doing because yeah. you were taught to do it. Mm-hmm. Then I found out that the best kinds of evangelism are when you're talking to someone and you're listening to them, mm. and you're developing some kind of relationship yes, with them. Yeah. And as they're talking, you're listening, and you're listening on two different levels. Mm. You're listening on a heart level to what they are saying to you, but yes. you're also listening to the Lord and asking yourself, Lord, what are you doing here? Yes. What's the need? Yes, um, what's the need? It's real important to do that, folks, because if you try to evangelize in your own power, strength, and wisdom, you're not going to get very far at all. But Peter, in effect, is saying, live in such a way Mm. that makes people curious. Yes. Curious enough to ask you questions. Yes. What makes you tick? You're different. Yes. Why do you do this? Why do you not do that? Yes. 
asking you in effect of the hope that is within you that's what they're doing they they might not describe it that way yeah but at its root that's what's going on now this business about joy i attest to the fact and i agree i can relate to acts 15 3 that when a person comes to the lord there, there is, is joy, joy yeah. you know and it, and it brings us brings an injection of new life it's yes. new blood yes right yeah yeah it's like a blood transfusion you get yeah. new, blood new blood into the fellowship and whomever you're meeting with but that's not the only thing that brings <laughs> a fresh injection of of new blood um if ministry is being given and people are being instructed on how to experience the Lord with one another and together. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about a fellowship. Yes. Those who are already saved. That brings new blood into the fellowship. That injects life. That yes. also brings joy. Yes. Anyway, I hope that answers the question. There's more to it. And if they listen to that message, I think they'll get yeah, some divine further. Parentheses. Yeah, living in the divine parentheses. Yes. Here's another question. Can you give practical approaches to walking out and modeling the kingdom of God for non-ministry people? What does it look like in daily life? Well, you know, it's funny because I would say, Jeffrey, that I wrote the book Insurgents to non-ministry people. Amen. As well as to ministry people. And the book sketches out what it looks like for a person to be living in the kingdom of God. You, in effect, are walking out on an individual level and in a corporate level what the teachings of Jesus are, particularly in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And John Nugent and I did a whole episode on the so-called yeah. Sermon on the Mount yeah. and what that looked like. We also did another episode that talked about how the gospel of the kingdom changes a person's life. Yes. So this podcast is not for ministry people only. Yes. It's mainly for non-ministry people. It's actually for all believers, yes. including ministry and non-ministry people. And by that, I guess he's talking about people who are in full-time ministry. Maybe he's talking about pastors. Yeah. I would guess. That I was, yeah, I was trying to wonder to. like that because I, I believe in the priesthood of all yeah, believers. So we're but, all ministry people. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, probably yeah, talking about yeah. people who say are in a full-time capacity in terms of their ministry. Living in the kingdom of God, you're living in a different civilization mm. altogether that's outside the world system. And you, in effect, have different values. You have a different motivation. Yes. The culture is different. Mm. It's the culture of heaven. Yes. We talked about, look, your language is going to change. Amen. If you're living in the kingdom of God. That's right. Your language is going to change, will folks. Change. Yes. Your language will change. That's one of the major indicators that you are from a certain place. Amen. Is how you talk. How you talk. Right? Yes. I was listening to a sister this weekend at the conference. I can tell she was from India by her accent. Yes, yes. And the way she pronounced certain words, mm -hmm. right? So your language is a big giveaway. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. right? And the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is it's not just individualistic, it's corporate. And so there is a living witness of believers together manifesting that they're part of another realm, another yeah. world. Amen. Another way of life. Another way and of life. And we need one yes. another to be able to live that way in its fullness. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, it's funny you said at the conference, you know, you can tell where a person's from by how they talk. I always thought I didn't have any accent at all. But a person told me on the elevator, you're from New Jersey or <laughs> Philadelphia or somewhere. And I, there yeah, you go. And it was like, and just from the way I talk. But you're right. And, and there's something different about our lifestyle. Like you said, what we value, how we spend our time, what we put an emphasis on. I found the most effective you know, ministry as far as sharing my faith has been, for example, when I worked for a labor union and people were losing their health insurance and retirement, some of their retirement benefits, so they were concerned because economics. And I was very calm about it. And they said, well, how can you be so calm? And I said, well, you know, the Bible says that I've never seen a righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. So I just mm-hmm. have this confidence that the Lord is going to provide for me one way or another. And, my, and I got peace in him. Mm-hmm. And a person said to me, boy, if you could put that peace that you have in a bottle, it would be <laughs> priceless. And so anyhow, and I'm glad you, you also cleared up that ministry, non-ministry, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, peace. Because I know we both believe in the priesthood of all believers because we're all like witnesses and together we're individual but even more so corporate witnesses as the body of Jesus Christ. Yeah, living under his headship. And and it comes down to being like Jesus. I mean, that is the bullseye that God is aiming to hit in all of our lives. It's conformity Mm. to the image of Christ. It's having Christ formed in us. Every disciple wishes to be as his master amen to be so ravished with jesus that one wishes to become like him and that's what the bible calls transformation yes amen and this is the great goal that god has for every believer it is to transform them into the spitting image of the son of god that the one grain would fall into the ground and die why? So that it will produce many grains many just grains, like it. Just like right? it. Right? That's yes. John 12. Yeah. So there is no clergy laity divide. Amen. There is no spiritual sacred divide. There is no minister, non-minister divide. Amen. We all have different giftings. We all have different talents. We all have different callings. But we're all called to the service of the Lord in some capacity. Yes, yes. I think that this point is important because there is a, an attitude and a mindset that many Christians have that says, well, I'm not called to the ministry, so I'm kind of in the world, on the ground, and I'm a real-world person for mm-hmm. the real world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm going to be different than the guy that's up there or the woman that's up there who's preaching, yeah. who's teaching, who spends all their time praying or reading the Bible or learning the original languages. And so they're going to be more spiritual than me. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more Christ-like than me. Yeah. And that is a non-biblical way to think. That is a non-biblical way. You know, because yes. all the exhortations in the New Testament are to all of God's people. Amen. And when he talks about those who say are elders, he says they're examples. Mm-hmm. But what's an example? An example is a model for everyone else to follow. Everyone. So if there's an elder in a congregation, which simply means a seasoned person in the Lord, they have more experience, right? Mm-hmm. They're more seasoned. 
It's not so that they're going to live differently than everybody else and have a different standard than everybody else. Amen. They're examples to everyone else, meaning everyone else, the younger believers, are to become like them. Amen. <laughs> you Amen. What I mean? Amen. Yeah, you sound like First John chapter two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he talks about the uh, the babes and younger men. And That's the right. Men. Yeah, yeah. But think about how the Gentiles live. I'm using the term the way Paul uses it. You know, mm -hmm. Don't be like the Gentiles who live in the darkness of their imagination and, mm. and so on. The people in the world, right? The pagan, the heathen, those who don't know Christ, right? They live for pleasure. They live to satisfy themselves. Yes. And they're caught up in the world system. Yes. Which means they live for the lust of the flesh. Mm. The lust of the eyes, which is materialism, mm -hmm. possessions, love of money, love of things, and the pride of life. Yes. Getting ahead, having ambitions to be successful and seen and heard, etc. And that's the way the world lives. That's right. Right? It's selfishness. A person in the kingdom of God lives to please the Lord. Yes. They live a life of self-sacrifice. Yes. They live a life of love, laying down their life. They live the same life that Jesus Christ lived. That's the aim. Yes. That's the goal. Yes. Of course, we're all being transformed, and God is dealing with various areas in our life. Amen. But the goal here, the big target, is conformity to Christ. And he embodies the kingdom. Yes, he does. He embodies the kingdom. I like that. I've heard you say before, and we said in previous podcasts, you said the Protestant ethic is we work to get the Christian ethic is we work to give. And you came out of Ephesians chapter 4. This message, this gospel of the kingdom of God, the insurgency, you know, there has to be a witness of it even in the institutional church, if we want to call it that. Yeah, because yeah. there's believers there that the Holy Spirit, when they hear it, their eyes are open yes. and they're freed. Well, I haven't given up on you, Jeffrey. I'm still praying daily for your salvation. And that's why uh, I brought you on this podcast. Yeah. I figure it might move the needle in that direction. You know what I mean? Amen. So, yeah. Pull me out the fire. There you go. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I think we'll end on that note. And we still have many more questions to answer. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.